You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hello, everyone. I'm Anthony Kastrovitz, joined, as always, by Jordan Bastian. We are talking tribe. It is February. We are dangerously close to spring training camp opening up in Goodyear, Arizona. JB will be there. And you are also at Tribe Fest, good buddy. Uh, any general takeaways from the Tribe Fest event? It was uh, a very high turnout uh, from the roster. Um, in fact, off the top of my head, I can only think of a handful of players I didn't see there um, from the uh, projected 25-man roster. It was good turnout. Yeah, it was. You know, I mean, it's, it was sort of a... Uh... I guess a blessing and a curse this year that they're doing renovations at the ballpark. You know, it was kind of unfortunate that they had to move the venue over to the hotel, but, you know, they were dealing with sort of a uh, low amount of space compared to what they had the last couple of years, and yet they were able to sell the event out, and it was pretty packed. And, you know, like you said, huge turnout from the players, um, and seemed like everyone had a pretty positive uh, reaction to the event again. I think it's been uh, good for the team to have this centrally located event over the last few years to convince a lot more players to kind of take time out of their off season to come to Cleveland and take part in the event. And yeah, I mean, it's good for everyone involved and kind of, you know, drums up that excitement a little bit for spring training. And I'm driving around right now. It's 50 degrees out. I got no coat on. I'm ready and I'm ready to go to Arizona. So let's go. Let's go. It won't be long, uh, but yeah, it is. Uh, it doesn't have the usual. I got to get out of Cleveland feel to it, um, but it'll still be nice to, to get in the sunshine a little more. Um, you know, there wasn't a tremendous amount of hard news that came out of TriFest. Although, you know, to me, the biggest takeaway was just seeing Michael Brantley. Uh, uh, you and I were both at that that little informal mini camp they had, uh, uh, you know, before the TriFest event and. Uh, obviously, he's not hitting at this juncture, uh, having had surgery on his lead shoulder uh, just in November. But um, he's also not walking around in a full body cast or anything like that, so that's good. His <laughs> arm's not in a sling. Uh, his arm is, in fact, attached to his body, so that's good. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you don't you don't read too much into what we saw, but but it certainly didn't look like uh, the, the second half doomsday scenario uh, we heard trotted out uh, in, in some corners uh, around the time of the winter meeting. No, no, it was definitely good to see him. And, I mean, when we went to the, the little mini camp event where, you know, I think it was like 20 players got together to, to do a, a sort of team-building workout ahead of spring training. It was like spring training in a field house. Um, but, it, I mean, going there, I almost – I didn't really expect that he was going to be taking part. You know, I, I expected yeah. him to be there, but I wasn't sure what we were going to see in terms of uh, activities. And he was out there playing catch and running and doing all the drills and, as you mentioned, doing everything but hitting. And, yeah, I mean, that was a big positive. I think we were all kind of surprised at the level of activity we saw. Um, granted, it is his non-throwing shoulder. Um, but I, I think it'll still be interesting to see how they play this. You know, he's going to try and push to get back as soon as possible. The Indians are going to play it conservatively because he's so valuable, uh, not only for them this year, but, you know, going forward. And, you know, I had a chance, uh, as you know, Jim Tomey was there for the Indians Hall of Fame announcement and, was chatting with him and he was asking about Brantley and he was speaking to the, you know, just how important that lead shoulder is for a swing, you know, yeah. and it's just, it's critical for a, a batter to be able to keep that bat steady through the zone, you know, and so, you know, it's, while people may look at it and say, oh, it's a non-throwing shoulder, you know, when it comes to Michael Brantley's swing and the consistency he's had over the years, it's a critical shoulder 
before that swing, you know, and I think that was why, you know, the Indians have kind of put this conservative timetable on it and why you're not going to see him rushed through a hitting progression. They're going to want to make sure he's at completely full strength before he's back. Yeah, it's almost like you don't want him to feel too good too fast because uh, it, it right. could uh, lead him to, to do something dumb. So hopefully he'll be smart with it. I expect him to be smart with it. Uh, other takeaways from TriFest, I uh, had some time with the skipper, Terry Francona. And for me, JB, standing there was one of those where, like, you almost don't want to use up all your questions. You got to – I mean, you <laughs> particularly, you're going to be there down there for six or seven weeks. Um, but, uh, you know, one thing that did come up is just the, the look of the lineup. And as we sit here today, beginning of February, it's hard to peg any one guy to one spot, in part because of the Bradley situation being uncertain as far as, uh, you know, his, when he'll be back in that lineup. Uh, but just in general, I mean, they, they don't have uh, obvious fits for obvious spots at this point. No, no. In the second half last year, they had a really good thing going with Kipnis, Lindor, and Brantley in those one, two, three spots. Um, obviously, Brantley being out of there creates sort of a dilemma. Uh, so Kipnis, I mean, he's been the number three hitter before. That's what he was mainly in 2013 when he was an all-star for the first time. Uh, Lindor seemed to have a home in the number two spot, and Francona has shown a propensity for going with a switch hitter there. Um, it was his Drupal Cabrera and then Nick Swisher, and he tried Carlos Santana, and you know now Lindor, uh, all of those guys switch hitters. So you could see Lindor there. Maybe he toys with the idea of putting Lindor leadoff and, Trying Santana again in the number two hole. You know, you got Rajai Davis who could lead off and said that he's most comfortable leading off. You know, maybe Kipnis comes to camp and says, hey, I really like leadoff. I want to stay there. You know, so there's a lot of elements at play uh, for those first three spots. And then obviously the cleanup spot, you know, Carlos Santana's had his issues over the years there. So maybe Tito wants to take a little pressure off him, consider him for the five spot. Mike Napoli maybe cleaning up. You go one through nine, there's not one spot right now where you can pencil in a name with any kind of certainty. So I think it's going to be a long time before Francona sort of tips his hand as to what he's thinking uh, along those lines. One thing he did mention, which I think kind of goes without saying, given the construction of the roster, was that you will probably see more platooning early on in the year um, You know, as they sort of uh, fill the gaps until Brantley gets back. So that's where... You know, guys like Chisholm Hall and Colin Cowgill might be paired up, or you know, maybe you'll see Abraham Alante and Rajay Davis paired up in center field a little bit. You know, they'll mix and match in left, maybe even at third base. Jose Ramirez and Giovanni Urshela, given their splits, you know, if they don't find a new third baseman before spring or before opening day, maybe that's what they try and do. So, going to be some mixing and matching, and I think it could be a while before we kind of get a, a feel for what the best lineup will be for this team this season. Well, it makes a lot of sense uh, with Brantley out in particular and just in general when you don't have a, a lineup loaded with superstars. Uh, Francona's been very proactive in the in the platoon area. Indians consistently rank among the tops in the league in, in the platoon advantage statistic. Uh, all right, so as I said, not a lot of news, hard news uh, as it pertains to the Tribe, so we're going to have a little fun as we're doing on all the AL Central podcasts this week. I'm going to throw out a category, JB. You tell me which player is most likely to fulfill said category. And the first one's an interesting one uh, when it comes to the Tribe because this team was kind of a a nightly no-hitter watch with that uh, high strikeout starting staff last year. So which of these guys do you think is most likely to throw a no-hitter or even a perfect game in 2016? Which member of the rotation? 
I'll go Carlos Carrasco. He came so close uh, a handful of times last year. And, uh, you know, from talking to Rajay Davis at Tribe Fest, you know, we kind of went through each of those starters. And he, one thing he mentioned about Carrasco that I thought stood out was, you know, once you get to two strikes against Carrasco, I mean, it's, it's just extremely difficult as a hitter. You don't really have a prayer um, given the type of break, uh, breaking balls he has and off-speed stuff. So I, I'm going to go Carrasco. Well, I like it, and I also like it because they, uh, they made that waiver claim on Joey Butler, and he's the one who broke up uh, Carrasco's <laughs> no-hitter in Tampa Bay, so it makes sense. Right, he's so he will throw a no-hitter against Tampa Bay this year. I like it. I like it a lot. Um, and uh, you got to like Jan Gomes' ability to, to make it through the full season because now the Indians acquired Rajay Davis, who took out Jan Gomes last year. So yeah. they've really covered their bases uh, in a wily yeah. way of uh, these <laughs> low-profile acquisitions. Uh, is there a bench player that you think is most likely to snag a spot in the starting lineup before year's end? I could see Jose Ramirez. I think right now they're looking at him as that Mike Avila's super utility guy, a uh, player who can play just about every position, switch hits, bring some speed off the bench. But if, let's say, Giovanni Urshela just continues to struggle out of the gates, you know, Jose Ramirez could see some time at third. Uh, you know, as the starter. So I, I, I would put Jose Ramirez as the best chance to do that right now. I like that call as well. Um, going down the list here, JB, most likely to have a 20-homer, 20 20-stolen 20 base season. Well, I mean, that's a, that's kind of a coin flip between Kipnis and Lindor. I'll go, Lin, I'll go uh, Kipnis because he's got more years under his belt kind of shown that knack for being a 20-plus stolen base guy and he has that power, especially if he moves back to the number three spot. I think he'll be, you know, trying to be a little bit more of a run producer than he was last year. How about most likely to hit for the cycle? That's another Kipnis category. He came so close to so many cycles as a minor leaguer. He's done in the big leagues, too. I think he would be the guy to do that uh, up in the majors. Most likely to hit a grand slam. Uh, we're going to go with Santana on that one, right? Sure. Um, sure. Yeah. I mean, well, why not? Uh, yeah, Santana and Napoli, I guess. Again, we don't know who's hitting where, but you think Napoli you gotta have, would be in. I think the issue there is you've got to have three guys on base first. <laughs> right. That's that's the hard part. Right. <laughs> so let's, let's, let's cross that bridge when we come to it. Uh, yeah, let's get the three guys on base first. All right, last one. Uh this was brought to my attention today, that Justin Bieber has three top ten songs right now, whatever that means. Oh, boy. I mean, people don't buy, not like people are out there buying 45s or something, but Justin Bieber does have three top ten songs. And uh, which player is most likely to use Justin Bieber as his walkout music? Oh, man. Uh, you know what? Can we do a pitcher warming up? I think I – think, uh... Maybe Brian Shaw out of the bullpen would would run into that. He seems just wacky enough uh, to do that. We were at the uh, Cleveland Sports Awards this week, and he was photobombing people, and he's just kind of a goofy guy down there. I could see him warming up to a Justin Bieber song. That could work. Uh, You know, I used to have some interest in in walk-up music, just being a music fan and a baseball fan, and I used to do the the annual list of the songs, but it just got to the point where I literally did not know any of the songs. So... Um, so that's what happened. Any of these. Once, man, once we had kids, 
you know, the knowing what songs were hip and cool just went out the window. We're dads now, man. <laughs> well, maybe that could, you know, they get later in life. Maybe we'll actually learn something from them. But, yeah, for now, I'm totally lost. I didn't know just the Bieber was still relevant music. I didn't know he had a new album, let alone that he had yeah. three tough songs. So shows how little I know. I'm just out buying Springsteen tickets. That's all I know. Uh, <laughs> all right. As always, I want to thank Jordan Bastian for joining us, and thank you all for tuning in. This has been MLB.com Extras, Cleveland Indians edition. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go. Every night, on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details.